0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a pre-Thanksgiving Day episode of Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me, managing editor of the Badger Project, Peter Cameron. Uh, Peter, we got a couple of things on the docket here. I want to talk about rural broadband or broadband in general, and I also want to talk about gerrymandering in Wisconsin or redistricting—I guess you could call it too. Um, but before, before I do that, I, I posted this article, uh, and tag you in it because you know, it's the day before Thanksgiving. We can't be totally serious when we, uh, you know, on this day, I feel like it just like, I feel like people, people heading into a Thanksgiving break are, aren't doing a ton of work and don't want to think about stuff that's too serious. So I saw this article by, I believe it was NPR or NPR, it's either, or WPR or NPR, um, Somebody did a study that the uh, Avengers Infinity, Infinity Wars, Thanos, he gets the big glove with all the Infinity Stones so he can kill everybody or half the people in the universe. Uh, the snapping of the fingers. He does that. That can't happen with the glove. Somebody did a study on this. Did you read? I'm sure you deep dived into this whole whole article, right?
1: I looked at the headline <laughs> and the photo. <laughs> Like a good reader.
0: Right, exactly. That's uh, like everybody on social media, right? Everybody on Facebook. Look at the... Oh, it's a cool picture. Oh, yeah, he is snapping. Oh, yeah, that's snapping. It's funny. Okay, so the Georgia Institute of Technology, I took notes, uh, a biophysicist there said he was skeptical that Thanos could snap his fingers with that metal glove on, and so they conducted a study on it, and it was published last week by what's called the Royal Society, now, oftentimes I'm like, we have better things to do in life than to do something so stupid as to whether or not Thanos could snap his fingers with a glove on. This is one of those times. Like, there's this this guy sounds like he's probably pretty smart. He's a biophysicist. Probably, Probably could have used his time more wisely.
1: Maybe he just needed a break like all of us. You know, he wanted to take a break from whatever he was working on to just do something.
0: I mean, if he did the study this week because a week ahead of Thanksgiving, uh, you know what? I'm going to work on the Thanos snapping thing. My problem with it isn't that he did the study. The problem is that he did the study of a movie that happened in 2018. What are we doing looking into Avengers Infinity Wars? We're so well beyond Infinity Wars. We've already, like he snapped his fingers in the first, we've already got the back half of that. We've ended this situation with Thanos. He's dead. He's gone.
1: Time to start investigating the next phase of the MCU you're saying you need to investigate the multiverse
0: I mean that or we're gonna move to DC comics and whether Superman can shave
1: with kryptonite
0: yeah like wh- how does a razor blade shave have you have you heard this one this is I don't know if uh, any biophysicist did a study on on whether uh Superman can sh- a razor can penetrate Superman's uh facial hair but that you know the beginning of that one superman movie which is older than 2018 uh he's got like uh some scruff five
1: o'clock shadow superman
0: five o'clock yeah and then how does he shave does he have a kryptonite razor i don't know um it gets me into this whole thing with uh the the fact that we have uh movies again and new new movies are coming out uh so we could we could be discussing new things i've talked about dune on the show multiple times did you like are you a a guy that read Dune or watched the old Dune movies?
1: No, none of that. But I went and saw it on IMAX, and it's pretty awesome. And I apparently the author of the, the Dune novels was super upset when he saw Star Wars because it steals a lot, or it, it borrows a lot from Dune. And I watched it and I, for the first time. This is my first time seeing Dune. And I thought, yeah, there's a few things that old George Lucas took from Dune.
0: Well, if you have HBO, I think you can go back and watch the uh, I think it's eighties eighties Dune version, which is a little different than the one you're seeing. Although the one you saw is only half a movie, so you might you know you might want to wait till the second half of the new Dune movie comes out before you do that, because then 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 you won't get Captain Picard is in the old Dune movie, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, right, and Sting
0: <laughs> and Sting, yeah. So and Sting isn't even in the new Dune movie up to the, up to this point. I don't know if they'll bring him bring him in. So, um I could talk about Dune forever, but I'm not going to. Uh we do have a new Ghostbusters, a new Top Gun, the new Bond is out and a new Mission Impossible 7. I don't I don't know if all these movies are going to come out in, in in the next over the next year, but it's going to be ridiculous if they do. I mean, this is action-packed. Uh this is a, a you know, a, what teenager to 20-year-old or uh 40-year-old's dream, all these movies.
1: Ghostbusters is already out. I think, uh, and then the other one, uh, Top Gun is coming out maybe next month, I think.
0: I have no idea. I know the new Bond. My mom said she watched the new Bond movie, which I'm excited about. I'm always up for a Tom Cruise movie, New Mission Impossible 7 and Top Gun. Maybe, I don't know, was he, re- was he filming both these movies at the same time? It's, I, I, it's going to be a Tom Cruise overload, maybe.
1: I think Tom. I think Top Gun was in the, has been in the can for a while. Let me ask you this. I haven't seen many of the Mission Impossible movies, but I saw a clip of a fight scene where they fight this guy in a bathroom, and it's the guy that plays Superman. What's the, the British actor that plays Superman?
0: Um, well, Henry, we were just talking about him, but I don't know his name.
1: So you, but you, you know, the huge, he's a British guy. He plays The Witcher on Netflix also. But he and Tom Cruise fight this East Asian guy. And it's the most amazing fight scene I've ever seen. Have you yeah. seen it before? They're it, like, oh yeah, Mission Impossible. That's Fallout. And-
0: Mission Impossible Fallout.
1: Oh my god, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, that is, and it's honestly like it's not just you. That's uh, kind of the the overall idea there. That that mo- that fight scene is one of the best ever. Um, all right, moving on. That's Peter Cameron, managing editor of the Badger Project. We just I wanted to start light before we deep dive into broadband and gerrymandering. Uh, at the end of the show, we will talk Thanksgiving Day foods for everybody, too. So st- stay tuned. We'll be back. Peter Cameron, the managing editor of The Badger Project. We were just talking about uh, new movies coming out. I, I will. I d- forgot to mention Peter. Tom Cruise, 59 years old right now. I've uh, brought this up many a time on my show. Uh, we don't have any young action heroes anymore. We're still doing... Maybe not Arnold Schwarzenegger so much, but, like, Tom Cruise and the guy from Taken. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, we, Nathan. Uh, yeah, and, and then The Rock. All these guys, uh, the dude who plays Groot in the Marvel movie. <laughs> I have I have a terrible memory. Um, who's that guy? Uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. How do I forget that, right? Vin Diesel. So these guys are all just super old. We just don't have any, we don't have any young, you know, up and coming action heroes. It's, it's sad. It's sad, really.
1: Timothy Chalamet is not really an action hero, is he? He's kind of a brooder.
0: I'm not even sure I know who that is. Vin Diesel's 54. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock Johnson, is 49. Is John Cena, John Cena's not an action hero. He's in the one movie, but, um, Google's giving me all kinds of, like, names that they think I want to see now. Um, anyway.
1: Timothy, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is the kid in Dune.
0: Oh, well, that's the that, young no. kid in <laughs> the New guy, Dune. That guy's not an action hero. <laughs> no, not,
1: not an action
0: hero. <laughs> He's like a little pipsqueak. I mean, wait yeah. till the next movie, though. and you know, I'm not going to spoil Dune for you. I'm not going to spoil the second half of Dune for you. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. I want to talk about broadband because uh, I live in a rural area. And I have pretty good internet. Centech has, has been pretty decent. They haven't even raised prices in me uh, yet. I'm I'm waiting because they're putting in fiber optics by our houses, and uh, I'm just waiting for the bill to go up because the speed keeps going up, but they never raise the bill. So I'm always a little bit nervous. Um, but in Wisconsin, uh, you've been you you at the Badger Project have been doing a lot of stories uh, just on where the 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 broadband is going to be expanded, right in the in the state
1: yeah it's kind of a patchwork system these co-ops and small telephone companies are doing it um, all over the place but it's just it depends on you know if you can get a local company to do it for you the big ones generally aren't interested in in building infrastructure in the uh, rural areas because there's not any money there much money there so it's it's just kind of happening piecemeal all over the place but there's all this federal money for it so if you know municipalities can find a an internet service provider to do it, they can give them the federal money they have received recently. And, and it's happening in lots of places, especially in western Wisconsin, in northwestern Wisconsin, the Driftless area, kind of north of your area, uh, happening a lot. There's kind of some aggressive counties and governments and municipal governments that are doing it.
0: Now, when you say an ISP provider, do you mean they just gotta, They got to find some kind of cable company? to To come do the broadband for us. Hey, come do the thing for us. We we have the we have the uh, Biden bucks. I call the ARPA money Biden bucks, the American Rescue Plan Act money.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. Uh, I mean, there's I don't know. I mean, if people in rural areas probably don't have AT and T, they might have Frontier. They don't have these big companies usually. They, there's a lot of old, they're old telephone co ops that then moved into providing internet, and you can people in rural areas know you can provide internet on the old copper phone lines. It's really slow and lousy. But then some of these companies kind of transitioned these phone co ops transitioned into into or added internet and, and they probably started on the copper phone lines, but now they're laying fiber optic cables which are super fast for those of you that enjoy that.
0: No when you say copper takes- when you say copper phone lines, I mean back in the day we had you know when You dialed up. Dial up. But but you're not talking dial up, though, right? DSL, they can use DSL through the phone lines? Are you still literally talking, like, dial up?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it it depends. There probably are people still on dial up. I don't know if it's all been upgraded to DSL. But it can be pretty – I've talked to people in rural areas. It's pretty awful. They're on their phone lines. They're getting one megabit per second.
0: Okay, so Whereas, they're, they're uh, not stream- fiber
1: optic can deliver a thousand megabits per second. So they're it's not
0: they're not streaming Netflix all that well.
1: Probably not. They might be able to load some websites.
0: Yeah, that's that's tragic. Honestly, we really need to get those people <laughs> the ability to uh, get on YouTube and be able to watch videos. Um, so yeah, so these these small phone companies are getting some money, and then they can lay fiber optics. Is fiber optics the best way to go? Because if we had phone lines for a while, and then we upgraded to DSL, and then we upgraded to fiber optics. Um, I hear a lot of people talking, like, hey, why don't we just, we're going to have satellites, and we're not going to need any of this stuff. Essentially, you know, our phones are 5G. Why wouldn't we just, you know, hook our phones, get, our, get the, the internet the way we get our phones, and just use that as a, as a way to, you know, get everybody online?
1: Yeah, I mean I will default you know, think you always you go somewhere and you have bad reception for your phone. There's never bad reception when you have when you're wired up. Weather doesn't affect anything, trees don't affect anything. Topography, especially in the driftless area, hills and stuff, they don't that doesn't affect if you're wired up. So it's just it's more consistent and yeah, it's it's faster than well oh, maybe not than five G. But uh, I mean you can get so if you don't know Internet speeds. There's when you're getting the internet, you're getting upload and you're down you're downloading information at the same time. So there's upload speeds and download speeds. And uh, fiber optic cables can deliver 1,000 megabits per second of upload speed and uh, 1,000 uh, megabits per second of download speed. So that's super. And you need about I don't know 25 by three maybe to run Netflix. But as the stream, you know, as the quality of the of the picture gets better, and if you have four people running. Uh, devices you're gonna need more and as, as the technology improves you're just gonna we're gonna need more faster internet so that's that's kind of the way to do it if you can lay all this cable.
0: yeah it looks like fiber optics is about five times faster than 5g and we're really struggling to just get 5g going so um, I don't even get 5g where I'm at and I'm in rural in the rural area so uh yeah it just seems like but I, I feel like there might be and you know Elon Musk talks about hey, the I don't, I don't remember what you know what it's called, but his satellite technology. We just Star need to Link. give Starlink. Okay, we just need to give Elon all our money, right? And then he can do all the things for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, he could use some more money. I have talked to someone in northern Wisconsin that has hooked people up to Starlink. So Starlink, for those of you that don't know, is a is a flea of satellites that Elon Musk's company has put up into the atmosphere. They're they're circling the globe and they're delivering internet to northern wisconsin i haven't talked to anyone that uh, has you know hooked up the service yet but what i mean one it's going into the idea is to put in rural areas and and they've put it into this this guy talked to who's installed the the dish has put it in in northern wisconsin where it's all trees so the thing has to be above the tree so that's the problem you have to have either a telescoping pole or you just have to mount it up on a pole above the tree line so that's kind of tough one one uh concern that i've heard from experts is that maybe you know it'll work for one person here one person there but if you get thousands of people hooked up to the satellites will it overload the system will the satellite fleet be able to handle thousands of rural people and that's that's a big question at this point
0: i'm just thinking so when you talk about the satellites got to go above the trees to get i'm just thinking of okay star wars a new hope we'll go back to movies the Rebel base, before they blow up the Death Star, is on, I think it's called Yavin 4. I looked it up quick. And uh, I think that's a, that might be a moon. And, and when when they fly into that base, there's a gigantic satellite, like, above, because this planet's all woods. There's that gigantic satellite in that picture. Uh, that's probably what, what it, look, it would look. It's just a great-looking thing out in the middle of the woods, having a giant satellite above the tree line.
1: A <laughs> satellite dish, like, up above to receive... Right. From whatever.
0: That's, that's yeah. my idea. I feel like that's what, and then, yeah, and then you can only have so many people on that. Because if you had like a little rural community, but that's not what a lot of people have. So every every person's going to have a, it's, we're just going to go back to satellite TV, and now it's just going to be satellite internet. Everyone's going to have a giant, I don't know if the dish is giant, but everyone's going to have this thing uh, on a big tower that hovers over whatever structures are, are at the, on their land.
1: I mean maybe that's what you do now until they get things wired up. I mean it's expensive to bury cable, especially out to rural areas, but the argument is that you make the up you make the investment and you pay you pay to to bury cables and wire up everybody and then it can be, it can potentially bring economic prosperity to your area. I mean anybody can move any anybody can work anywhere now, right? Yeah you have fast internet. You can live anywhere, you can work out of New York and live in northern Wisconsin. So it could really, people would come buy houses. That's, that's one thing we talked about with um, selling houses in Wisconsin. I talked to a guy from the Real Estate Association in the state, and um, when people are buying rural houses, they're buying their northern cabins, whatever, the first question they ask is, how fast is the Internet? So, I mean, that's, that, that could really help in, in maybe a, a, a rural town that's not doing as well. People might move in. Businesses might move in. And it really could revitalize rural America, I think, it, and and especially since you can live anywhere you want if you want to move out of the city. I'd love to live in the dripless area, um, but I need fast internet to do my work, so I can't I can't move there until they get it all wired up.
0: Yeah, I definitely have a friend that lives in Washington State, and they live they have a cat like literally the cabin in the woods, and they don't have internet, and so uh, it's it's really kind of depressing to sit on the the dock on the lake without being able to watch uh, videos on my phone.
1: <laughs> maybe it's good breaks your addiction a little bit <laughs>
0: right no that was the point uh we're sp- speaking with peter cameron managing editor of the badger project it would be nice to to have a couple of people give us uh the, uh you know you said you talked to the one guy that's hooking up his satellite internet to see how it works it would be nice to know you know how consistent that is if you got like 20 people to kind of give you feedback so if anyone has feedback peter how do, how do they just go to the badger project and find the contact us button
1: yeah, let us know. There's a, yeah, there's a contact us link. You can send us a letter, send us a message.
0: Yeah, if y'all live in rural somewhere, even if it's it doesn't have to be Wisconsin. Ideally, you'd like it to be Wisconsin because I think you're you're always working on this rural broadband story. You kind of have a b- bunch of stories on it. Um, but but y- I think we've talked about this before. There are there are the ability of communities. Uh, to kind of like po- almost pool their money and 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 hook up broadband in their area, right? Like this is a this is a thing that happens every once in a while too, right?
1: Yeah, I mean you could you can go all the way. Um, there, Reedsburg, Wisconsin is a, a, a town kind of near Madison, and um, they they their utility builds the infrastructure and provides the service, so they basically have their own internet company and they send guys out, you know, cable guys out to fix things, and they have a a hotline you call to complain when it's just they're basically an Internet company. And most uh, municipalities don't want to do that. It's just a lot of work. So in Madison looked at this idea. One thing they're thinking about doing in the city of Superior is building the infrastructure and owning it and maintaining it, but then the service will be provided by private companies. So kind of like roads. You know, roads are built and... And maintained by publicly, but anybody can use them, and you might have to pay a toll or something. So that's kind of another idea that's that's worked in different places. Um, and there's in, in southwestern Wisconsin, Grant County, maybe like where Platteville is, they've done kind of a hybrid of a, a private uh, public partnership, where the county has built their own fiber optic loop around the county. It connects the towers that where the their uh, emergency system runs through the towers and the, the sheriff's department can communicate with the radios using the towers. But there's a so there's a fiber optic loop and then private companies can connect to that connect houses to that loop so you can deliver super fast internet and the county doesn't have to provide any of the service. They just maintain the infrastructure and they get some rent money, some lease money from the private companies that hook up to it. So that's kind of a an example maybe a best of both world public private partnership. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, we got to take a break. But are, is fiber optics going to be obsolete in like five years, where we're going to slap our foreheads and be like, "Why did we lay all this fiber optics?"
1: I don't think so. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to make a prediction, but it's it's. It provides a thousand megabits per second by a thousand megabits per second of internet speed is very fast right now. Yeah, Maybe we'd... in fifty years it won't be. But I, you can even. I think you can even increase the speed. I don't think one thousand by one thousand is the max speed on fiber optics.
0: Yeah, I haven't. So,
1: uh, it, that'll cover us for a while, at least.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've upgraded to 4K on my Netflix subscription yet, so I think I'm good for a while. All right, we got to take one more. We got to take a break. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me, Peter Cameron, managing editor of the Badger Project. We're going to we're going to preview Thanksgiving Day dinner. Uh, I don't know if we call them traditions, but like maybe like your your best and worst foods here in a couple of minutes. And uh, before we do that, we're going to talk gerrymandering as well. Um, Peter, can you kind of explain what the Badger project is and 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 just what's going on there and maybe what you're working on as well?
1: Sure. So we have a website, but it's it's kind of like a sort of like a newspaper. we but our stories go up on our website. We're nonpartisan. We're citizen supported. Uh, we don't have advertisements on our. So it's all free for anybody. And it's mainly we're looking at state government issues, state legislature issues, things that really affect you and, and, and Wisconsin residents, because we all complain about the president, Trump, and Biden and whatever. But a lot of what they do doesn't really affect us as much as what's happening in Madison, what's happening in our state government. So we try to focus on on that. We focus on law enforcement. These are really issues that, you know, you, you interact with law enforcement a lot more than you inter, interact with federal politicians. And we look at, like we and we talked about in the last segment, the state government providing funding for federal, I mean, for rural broadband. So all these, we, we really focus on issues that uh, that affect the, the average Wisconsin resident and, and things that aren't being covered as much. We only do things that aren't being covered elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and, the, and then
1: we partner.
0: Well, and the important thing, too, like, is when I, when I go to click on your stories, as like WisdomNews.com, when we click on these stories, There isn't a giant pop-up message, hey, you need to subscribe if you want to read the rest of the story. How do you guys, uh, how are you able to do that?
1: So yeah, all our stories, we provide our stories for free on our website, so anybody can read it. There's no ads, and we do that because we want, this is a public service nonprofit. We want to inform people. We don't do opinions, we just do fact-based journalism. So We want to inform people about what's going on so that they can make their own informed decisions in their lives in the voting booth, um, how do we pay our people? That's a good question. We look for grants from foundations. That's a pretty tough business. It's very competitive, but mainly we're funded, and mainly we pay our journalists through listeners like you. So um, we ask people to donate and to, to support local journalism, and I encourage everybody to um, to do that. We, we're in the middle of our end-of-the-year fundraiser, so anybody can go to our website, and there's a the Support Us link, and you can click that. And uh, make a little donation to help us put put the powerful feet to the fire. You know, we keep track of what's going on and where the money's going and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I will say you mentioned it, but you guys are nonpartisan, nonprofit uh, news organizations. So, um, and and yeah, I think it's important too because when you when we talk about trying to get the story that oh this story looks interesting to read, I can't actually read it, and a lot of those stories come from local journalists journalism stories. Uh, you know, you know, small small news companies, uh, not like Wisdom, not like the Badger Project, but other ones, uh, and, and then you just can't. I would say you you, you can't read these stories because you have to end up subscribing, and then therefore you don't get this local journalism that that is probably the most important to you.
1: Well, I mean, local journalism has to be supported some way financially, and you know, it used to be through ads, but but. And it used to be through subscriptions, but who out there has a newspaper subscription? I hope people still do, but it's just it's kind of the old business models don't work anymore, and we have to figure out new ways. And one way is, is we're encouraging people just to treat it like NPR or PBS and, and donate so that we can do it and we don't have to have advertising.
0: Yeah, because when you go to the big the wigs, uh, well, the Washington Post and the New York Times are – are, are ones where you almost you, you get like two stories and then you have to subscribe but uh, Wall Street Journal you can't even get on there and then the MSNBC's and the Fox Newses and the Breitbarts and and all those are just they're covered with ads and, and they're just the you know they're clickbait almost though the, the those organizations
1: that's true.
0: Um, all right let's get into uh, another another uh, like just a really a, a story that's always going it's going to affect us for the next 10 years the 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 redistricting in Wisconsin so the the biggest thing that affects the lacrosse area I think in the third district the congressional district where I think what do we have four Democrats running and one Republican as they've they keep moving Steven's point in and out of Uh, in and out of the district so they brought it in 10 years ago and they're moving Stevens Point out again Uh, what did you think of that plan
1: so the Republicans passed their own maps the Republicans control the legislature they passed their own maps and in in the most recent like you said 10 years ago Republicans moved Stevens Point out of that northern 7th district that Dave Obey used to have Congressman Dave Obey now Congressman then it was Sean Duffy real world star and now it's uh, tom tiffany so they t- in order to keep that district as republican as possible they threw out the liberal college town of stevens point into your third congressional district ron kine's district yeah and the, um, the point and of that the, the point of that maps, oh, go ahead the point of that too
0: was to it, you were conceding the western district the third congressional so that we can solidify the seventh congressional district right
1: Right. And now, because rural areas have become so red that it doesn't even matter, and the fact that they threw out Stevens Point into the western Ron Kine district actually made it, put it just over the top in this last election, so now Republicans are regretting that decision. And Republicans in the legislature just passed their own maps. These aren't final, but they passed their maps. And uh, they put Stevens Point back into that Northern 3rd District. But Tony Evers, the Democratic governor, is almost certainly going to veto those maps, but then it'll be decided in the courts.
0: I mean, it's pretty blatant, right? Like, they, they looked at the last election. Derek Van Orden almost beat Ron Kind. How are we going to get Van Orden to beat somebody that's now Ron Kind's retiring? He'll be gone. It'll be, it won't be it will be an incumbent. This race is up for grabs. How do we solidify that? Oh, look, Tom Tiffany won pretty easily in the 7th Congressional District. We'll move all the liberal voters in Stevens Point back to that district, which will hopefully solidify Derek Van Orden's win in the third congressional. It's, just, it's really blatant. It's the, the, and this is the problem that I have is the winners get to draw their own maps. Uh, it, it, this would be like Tom Brady, I always say this, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, and then he gets to make the schedule for his team in the upcoming season
1: right and some states have taken that power away from politicians um they've they've enacted their own non, uh, nonpartisan redistricting committees iowa has done that for a long time so that's something that you can do some states have done it through a ballot initiative which is kind of like where you get a bunch of signatures and you can get it put on the ballot and vote yes or no if you want to have this this non redistricting commission but in wisconsin we can't do ballot initiatives we can't get uh, you know, a bunch of signatures to put a question on the ballot. So we have to do it through the legislature, and obviously the Republicans aren't going to do it to themselves. The Democrats could have done it in 2009, right before Scott Walker swept in, but they didn't do it either. So Democrats will, I'm sure they'll probably want to do it next time, but we'll see if there is a next time.
0: Yeah, they and that's always the argument. Why didn't Democrats do this 10 years ago? I think, I think one of the, the justifications for that, first of all, they should have. They should have did it. I, I don't know if they were cocky and thought they would just sweep again and, and not have to worry about it but also because the maps before that were drawn in in a bipartisan fashion because the government I believe was split a little bit before that 10 so now we're talking what uh 20 years ago the maps that were drawn 20 years ago were a little bit more bipartisan because they had to be because the the government was split at that time if I remember correctly uh, I don't not that I remember but I just I, I've heard that
1: well, yeah. So twenty years ago, the state government was—I—I'm I, not even sure Tommy Thompson was governor. I think, and but it, whatever it was, no single party had control of all of both of the legislature and the governor's seat. So it went to, and that at that time, it went to the federal courts. It was going to go to the state supreme court. Then they punted it to the federal courts. The federal courts drew the maps, and they were—you know—they were pretty competitive. The the legislature changed hands a couple times, and um, but. This time, you know, you saw when when they were when Democrats won in twenty twenty, for example, or or twenty eighteen was a big Democrat year. Um, after Trump was elected, and and Democrats still weren't able to even make a dent in the legislative majorities. So, you know, you really see re- how redistricting gerrymandering has has bunkered uh, Republicans in. You can't get them out.
0: Yeah, you can't get them out, and you know whether it's Democrats in. Wisconsin, no, De- Republicans in Wisconsin, Democrats in Illinois, Democrats in Maryland. Uh, there's a couple of states that are highly gerrymandered. And then, then when, when that happens the, and those, those politicians are bunkered in, they don't even have to listen to policies that the people want like you know uh, legalizing marijuana like the Wisconsin legislature doesn't even talk about even medical marijuana let alone legalizing marijuana when every state in in territory right Canada above us has some sort of legalization of marijuana
1: yeah that's a good example I mean I just heard so Marquette does a does a poll you know every once in a while and I think uh, I believe I think this is I just heard this so I think it's correct I think when you ask Wisconsin residents in this in this last poll a few months ago um, or maybe it was from last year but recreational marijuana the approval rating or people say yes it, it may be sixty percent which is pretty crazy that's a high level but if you if you add if you just ask on medicinal marijuana it's like eighty percent so it's amazing that something has eighty percent approval rating and the legislature they're kind of kicking it around but they they're you know they're not doing it so.
0: Yeah, and and also uh, creating a system like Iowa has for drawing maps, also very popular across the state, but we don't have to listen to the to the voters.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard to get politicians to do things that aren't in their own interest.
0: We're speaking with Peter Cameron, the managing editor editor of the Badger Project, talking a little redistricting here. Um, okay, so what is the the next step? Is we we fight between whether the state supreme court in Wisconsin is going to draw the maps or a federal court is going to draw the
1: maps? Yeah. So the governor in, in Wisconsin, it's unusual in that the governor has uh, can veto the maps, and that's we have a Democratic governor. The legislature is controlled by the Republicans, so the governor will almost certainly veto those Republican past maps, which made minimal changes to the, the maps from the last decade where they were able to dominate, even in big Democrat years. So now the left-leaning groups have filed a lawsuit in the federal courts, where they think they'll get a better shake, and right-leaning groups like the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty have filed a lawsuit in the state Supreme Court that kind of has a, a right-leaning majority, a 4-3 right-leaning majority and so we're, we're going to see what happens next. The federal courts, Rick and I uh, were just talking about this, the federal courts uh, w- want to defer to the state Supreme Court because it's a state issue. Mm-hmm. But they've we, we, we were just reading this, that the federal court has said that they are prepared to draw the lo- draw the maps and draw the districts if they need to. Uh, I know that the state Supreme Court last 10 years or 20 years ago said, we don't have the ability to do this. I know the chief justice this this time in in some recent um court cases that we we can't do this we don't have the ability to do this so that sounds like they will um you know, they'll punt on it but they could the state supreme court said oh we we ex- we could accept these republican drawn maps that's that's something they could do one wild card is that uh, justice brian hagedorn is uh he's a conservative he's right leaning he was scott walker's counsel i think but he's he's been much more of a of a wild card than than we thought he would be, or than some people thought he would be, and so um, un- And he's the deciding vote. So basically, it's it's three to three, three liberal justice, three left wing justice, three right right-ling justice, and then you have Brian Hagedorn. So it's kind of like what does he might be the one deciding for everyone that he might say, "No, we're going to kick this to the federal courts," so or he might say. We're going to let we're going to accept the Republican maps. I you know
0: who knows. It's kind who of knows what's going to happen. It's kind of funny how we talk about him, right? Because we have these the, the, these partisan Supreme Court justices. It's no secret. And then you call Brian Hagedorn, and, and no fault of your own, a wild card. But maybe Brian Hagedorn just sees things in a in a nonpartisan fashion. Maybe he maybe he when, when we always talk about. He's going by the Constitution. He knows the letter of the law, and he doesn't decide based on his his uh, leanings one way or the other. He decides based on the law. Maybe Brian Hagedorn is that guy, or he'll just make me mad, and, and a couple months from now I'll be mad at him for voting uh, with Republicans, right?
1: <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're not supposed to be politicians in robes, but I don't know. People seem to think
0: they are. Yeah, there's no secret that that the the Supreme Court is leaning one way or the other, based on uh, you know, well, the seven judges. Um, all right, we got to take one more quick break. We'll wrap up. All right, welcome back to the to the lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM on the phone with me, wrapping up here. Peter Cameron, managing editor of the Badger Project. All right, so it's it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. I believe I had you on right before Thanksgiving last year. Do you have a top two or three and a bottom three, just the, the stuff that would be on the Thanksgiving table, or do you have a weird thing that's on the Thanksgiving table?
1: My family does. We do all the normal things, my mom's side of the family is Greek. so That means we're going to have Greek stuff as well. We have spinach pie, spanakopita, and we have feta cheese, goat's milk cheese. So we do all the basic stuff, all the normal stuff, but we have a little ethnic flair to it.
0: All right, that's uh, that's interesting. All right, if you're sitting at the table and you just you you only get to pick one thing, what is the one thing that you would eat at the things? Don't tell me feta cheese because I'll just slap you.
1: <laughs> I do like feta cheese. Do, can I do? I get to put gravy on it because I would do probably do stuffing and gravy if I could add gravy.
0: Wait, you're putting gravy on stuffing?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Oh, do you just pour gravy on all of it?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Maybe not the cranberry sauce, but pretty much everything is getting gravy.
0: <laughs> what about the? So we uh, usually I talk about. Uh, and I'll just my my favorite thing is the green pistachio salad. Some people call it pistachio I call it like green fluff salad, marshmallow.
1: Do you have that? we don't do you in Minnesota you call things hot dish right i've never heard that it's always casserole in wisconsin i've never heard hot
0: dish oh yeah there is a hot dish uh, i guess yeah we, uh, we do a green bean casserole that's we have that every it's got like fried onions on the top of it it's just like green beans and some uh, cream of mushroom or something um, that's one of my favorites but that is that is you talk about divisive politics green bean casserole some people really hate that, and some people absolutely, like myself, love it. Where Where do you stand on green bean casserole?
1: I think I'm, like usual, I'm in the middle. I'll eat it. I don't know that I love it, but I'll have some. I'll you, take a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would eat just the fried onions off the top of it, honestly. Like, I got to get plenty of fried onions. But are you putting great feel like gravy on green bean casserole is not going to work if you're just pouring gravy on everything.
1: Yeah, probably not that. The turkey, the mashed potatoes, and the stuffing for sure getting it dousing it
0: down hey peter i really appreciate you coming on and spending thanksgiving eve with me and and having some fun and actually we actually accomplished some stuff i think we actually got some valid information out there along with the nonsense with movies and thanksgiving but i appreciate it man okay thanks for having me see you thanks all right everybody have a great weekend weekend i guess yeah have a great weekend have a great thanksgiving weekend and we'll be back on on friday with dr anthony chergoski